0: Everybody. welcome to the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean. Today we're talking about the Detroit Lions 23-22 to victory over the Atlanta Falcons. You know, I'm not sure that I've ever seen such a hard luck team than the Falcons. And it's hard not to laugh a little bit about it, um, especially when it feels weird when a dude lost his job over it and there's going to be many more firings. Actually, the GM and the coach already lost their job over it. And the rest of the staff has probably got to go at this point. So they're definitely going to be rebuilding in Atlanta. But the good news is they've got Matt Ryan and they've got pieces to build around. So we'll look for a quicker rebuild than a lot of teams are capable of. And we'll just hope that uh, the people that are in charge are smart football people that are capable of making smart draft picks because that's how you build a team in the NFL. It's not about free agents. It's about signing your own players because you're drafting the right people. And it seems like since Julio Jones, it's been a while since uh, Tom Dimitrov has really been at that. Now, the good news is for the Atlanta Falcons, he's made some good decisions, absolutely. And honestly, I wouldn't put it on the GM. I'd put it on the coaching decisions if I was going to do anything. So some smart football people should put Tom Dimitrov underneath them and try to keep him scouting people because he's definitely got something there. But actually, let's start with the Detroit Lions since they managed to pull this game out. And, of course, you're talking Detroit Lions. You're talking about Matthew Stafford, a Dallas, Texas native, and certainly one of my favorite players to watch. Matthew has been healthy this year after, you know, getting hurt last year. He had a crack in his back. And uh, it seems like he's healthy at this time because he is absolutely throwing fastball. And let me tell you, Matthew Stafford, if he was a baseball player, has 98-mile-per-hour fastball at this point. He's throwing the ball around the field. He's got a lot of experience, and he's definitely the biggest thing that this team has going. Now, I'm not sure that that puts him at the front end of the quarterback one proposition, but give him a sexy matchup, and I absolutely believe he's worth starting. So Matthew Stafford, absolutely on my radar as far as fun players to watch. It's just he's not on the top end of quarterbacks just because he's not capable of booing his value with the running proposition either. Now, it's not that he's not healthy and he's not capable of putting the ball in the end zone. That's just not his game. That's not the way he runs his offense. That's not the way this offense is set up for him to be a dynamic quarterback with the running game anyway. So Matthew Stafford kind of on the back end of quarterbacks ones, but... Give him a sexy matchup, and I'm definitely in. Maybe not versus Chicago, but, you know, whatever else it is, I'm in on Matthew Stafford. And that absolutely means he's capable of setting up options that he has here. Now, the only one that I'm truly trusting in 10 to 12 team leagues as far as passing game options is Kenny Galladay. Now, TJ Hawkinson, without Jesse James in there, did a lot more to secure some faith in me that he has the ability to beat a tight end one. But at the same time, it took a really late touchdown on a miracle-type drive for T.J. to get really wet on this drive. So I'm not really sure I touched, I trust T.J. Hawkinson at this point, but I absolutely trust Kenny Galladay. Kenny is healthy at this point, and, man, he's so big, he's so fluid, and he has the absolute trust of Matthew Stafford. He's 1,000% the most dynamic weapon that they have in the passing game, and he can go up and get the deep ball. He's not Megatron. He's not that tall but he absolutely has the ability to go up and get the ball for Matthew Stafford. And when Matthew has the ability to lay the ball out the way he does in the deep game, Kenny has the ability to take advantage of that. And when the passing game has been a little bit more lower volume as of late, and overall, that's kind of what they're trying to accomplish. There's probably only one option that I'm really trusting at this point. And Kenny has been a good enough. And Kenny has talented enough to be able to consolidate those catches and be able to consolidate that value to the point that it makes him a good wide receiver too. So that's probably the only other option besides DeAndre Swift that I'm truly excited about as far as the Detroit Lions go if I'm trying to create a playoff team. Because really you're trying to aim higher as far as these Detroit Lions options go because they don't have a deep unit as far as the line goes. A kind of a tenuous situation week to week, and while there's going to be more catch up type situations where they're going to have to push the ball, and that's going to lead to bigger outputs. And really, Kenny hasn't really got wet as far as the touchdown goes up until this point, so I expect bigger things for him than that. I still have concerns on this offense overall and its upside, so I need to see more and I need to see fresher matchups that they need to that they take advantage of because really it hasn't happened up to this point in, or for Kenny. And uh, while he's still getting the yards, and while I still they, pa- he passes the eye test, and so does Maddie. It just hasn't been as high a volume of passing attack up until this point. I mean, this was a should have been a bigger volume game. So I'm trusting Kenny. I don't trust Danny Amendola. He's in the same way I don't trust Cole Beasley. They're too much of a possession receiver, and it's too hard for them to find the end zone. And while Marvin Jones showed more promise today, and he seemed to be more of his old self, he still only had 80 yards. And I'm not sure that I trust him outside of like a wide receiver four type scenario, but still, I think he's probably been dropped in enough leagues where if you have a deep bench, I'm probably looking at Marvin Jones to try and produce more value than this because I feel like there's going to be more passing attempts than this. I feel like there's got to be more comebacks in Detroit's future. And I just feel like it's just been a, function of who they've played recently and how the games have gone that Maddie hasn't been able to push his passing attempts. But at the same token, because he's so dependent on that, that's why he's kind of at the back end of the quarterbacks. So after last week, DeAndre Swift had seemed like he was on his way to a breakout. And while he was able to save his day with a touchdown, there was just not as much meat on the bone as far as the running backs went today And when Adrian Peterson is going to continue to get carries and continue to be the Latavius Murray in the New Orleans Saints scenario that we talked about for the Detroit Lions, it does cap the upside and it does make DeAndre Swift a little bit more of a flex option than it does a running back two at this point. I was hoping he would get to go full Kamara but it doesn't seem like they have any sort of intentions on really upping his carry load in the way they had kind of intended at first. And like I said, it was more of a touchdown-based situation last week when he was able to get loose on two touchdowns. And while he was still available in the receiving game, and while I still think they need to be involving him more and more just like they did Kamara with the New Orleans Saints. This is exactly when I kind of started watching film and I saw Kamara grow his role and continue to get stronger and bigger because Kamara has definitely gained 15 pounds since he started in the NFL and it's made him some more substantial and he gets more touches in the Saints offense and it leads to a bigger and bigger role and DeAndre Swift is kind of on that path. So if you have him in your dynasty leagues, you're absolutely excited about that. You kind of wish it was a bigger offense, but at the same time, with Matthew Stafford having many more years of fastball in front of him, I'd absolutely be excited about that. And you know what? Adrian Peterson, while he's a freak of nature who has lasted as long as he's had, you know, it's not a necessarily a situation that's guaranteed to last. And while they'd still mix in carry on Johnson, if Adrian Peterson went down, I think Deandre Swift would get a bigger role in the offense if that happened. And that's why I'm absolutely trying to buy low on Deandre Swift where I can in trades that make sense because I absolutely think that he has the best talent in their backfield. And with Matthew Stafford able to complete third downs and able to move the ball, that makes for a situation in an offense that I'd like to bet on going forward. Now, while I think Kenny Galladay is probably a lower-end wide receiver, too, just because of the volume of what they're trying to do because of Matt Patricia, I still think that all three – him – Kenny, Matthew Stafford, and DeAndre Swift are still options worth targeting and trying to take advantage of if you can buy low on them at any point. So let's move to an equally interesting side of the ball. Let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons. You know, when you have Matt Ryan up and around and you have a decent offensive line that can keep him upright, it makes for interesting fantasy options, both for Matt Ryan himself, as well as the rest of the team, because Matt Ryan at this point has so many answers to the test of NFL defenses. I say that all the time, but what that means is that he's seen all these different scenarios. He can read the defense. He can make calls at the line. He just makes everything better, and I love the way that he plays the game. They've done a good job of keeping a decent offensive line in front of him, but it's never been a dominant offensive unit, and honestly – it affects the running game overall and its ability to really buoy this offense. So it does fall a little bit more on Matt Ryan's shoulders, but that's the same thing that puts him at the top of the pocket passers for fantasy purposes, because you want him throwing the ball. You want him having to push the issue. You want him having to throw touchdowns. Those are the things you want usage. It's not always a perfect football situation to have fantasy value. You want honestly sometimes it's a weird inefficient defense that creates a quarterback that has to pass the ball all the time because the defense can't stop anybody and that offense has to carry the team those are the type of offenses you want that can win you fantasy leagues so when we're talking about putting money on those type of situations Matt Ryan the Atlanta offense the Atlanta defense those are the type of people that I'm putting money on because Honestly, the Atlanta defense has enough to create scenarios where there's going to be short fields, but at the same token, they are not an elite unit where there's going to be times where they're going to give up points and Matt Ryan's going to have to carry this team and carrying is something we are interested in as far as our quarterback putting the team on his shoulders. That's the whole reason we're interested in Deshaun Watson because the whole Texans offense is on Deshaun's shoulders. So why not put the whole thing on Matt Ryan's shoulders because it's surely not going to be on the rest of the team. It's on Matt Ryan to produce for this team if they're going to win any games and make this team interesting at all. So that is what the kind of thing that produces fantasy value. That's why Kyler Murray is valuable because it's on his shoulders – That's why Josh Allen is valuable because the offense is all on his shoulders and you didn't have to draft these quarterbacks in the second round like you did Lamar Jackson because you could have drafted a running back, you could have drafted a wide receiver in those moments, and those are the kind of decisions that you have to make and you have to be strong in those moments to not say, okay, I really want to get quarterback taken care of because there are 10 to 12 teams in your league and there are 20 good quarterbacks that can do this. So you have to have that kind of discipline when you're making those type of draft picks to understand, to actually win fantasy leagues. Now that's why Matt Ryan is valuable. He doesn't run the ball all that effectively, but he's not a dead fish back there either. And he creates time. He creates moments with his brain, with his arm. He has plenty of arm to do this. And the big thing is he has the weapons. So Matt Ryan, Ryan, back-end quarterback one, we're still counting on him because of the, re- the way the team is composed. And then you look at Julio Jones, you look at Calvin Ridley, and you look at Russell Gage. Those are options that can all run a 4-3, that all have chops. And it's hard to say that about Russell Gage when you've seen so little of him, when he does not get the attention that the other receivers gets, when all the eyes are on Julio and Calvin Ridley because they have to be, because they are elite wide receiver options that are both on the field at the same time and if you try to cover one of them with one person you are in trouble so try to cover two people with four people and play defense on the rest of the defense and then have somebody else be able to run a four three on the field that is an insanity trying to cover those people and that's why matt ryan has the value because when all three of those people are on the field that is an intense situation for the defense that creates pressure and they don't have to have an offensive line that is dominant to be able to take advantage of that when you have to look at all of those different things and then they can run the ball with Todd Gurley on top of that and those are the type of offenses that we're trying to take advantage of the offenses that can pass the ball and run the ball and you don't know what they're going to do and it's not because they have a dominant unit as far as the offensive line goes it's because the offensive weapons as far as the wide receivers and then Matt Ryan create that kind of pressure on the rest of the defense. So when they can keep all of those offensive weapons on the field and continue to do that, that's an elite situation as far as fantasy production goes. And I don't see Russell Gage being able to siphon off enough of the targets and enough of the pressure to be able to create a situation where Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones can't eat on a game to game day basis. So I'm targeting all three of them. I'm targeting Julio. I'm targeting Calvin and I'm targeting Matt Ryan. If I have a pocket passer or if I have a deficient situation, as far as my quarterback goes. So I'm looking to all three of them to produce because, once again, the defense has enough juice to create some turnovers at time. But at the same time, they're not dominant enough to stop anybody on a game-to-game basis and get the running game up where they're getting up on people and they're able to run the ball successfully and put people away. That's not the Atlanta Falcons game, and that's what we love about them. We hate it for actual – football but we love it for fantasy and that's what makes them valuable and that's why I'm targeting all these different people and you know what Todd Gurley's making me start to believe as well so while they're not a dominant run blocking unit they get the ball down the field enough because of Matt Ryan, because of the other options that Todd Gurley has enough burst. He's going to fall in the end zone a bunch more times. If he can stay healthy before this season is over, they will be within the five yard line where they will be able to put him in positions to score. And you know what? He can catch the ball too. They just haven't been using him as much in those times. So I don't see a reason where if you already have Todd Gurley, there's any reason to sell off him. As a matter of fact, since he scored twice this week, I think this would be the time to sell off of him because while I believe it's sustainable, sometimes you have to give up something good in the running back position to really get something elite. So you want to get into a scenario where there's more carries available. There's more touchdowns available. And while the touchdowns may be a plenty, then again, Matt Ryan throws a lot of those touchdowns. A lot of those touchdowns are coming from deep down the field because Matt Ryan hits Julio and Calvin. So there may not be enough fall in positions where he's going to be able to produce like he did today. So while I think he's absolutely capable of being running back, too, I think I would try to use today as a jumping off point to try and say, okay, let me try and get in one of those stable positions. Let me get Christian McCaffrey real quick and and, and maybe I'm down one week. And then Christian McCaffrey comes in like a lion and crushes the world for you and you win a fantasy championship because you traded Todd Gurley right at the right time, even though because you know what? It's not about training people when they're low. It's about trading high, selling high, buying low. And you have to have confidence in what you're doing to be able to do that. So you have to know what these players are capable. That's why you listen to the podcast. That's why you listen to me and have me watch these games for you. When you go off living your real life, I'm off watching these games and I'm telling you what to do so you can win your leagues. Like, listen, subscribe. Come talk to me about what you got going on. We're going to win your league for you next time. Have a great day.